Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, what do you got there? This is the new Ping G430 Max 10K driver. It's next level, I'll tell you. It's so impressive. We all know that Ping help you play your best. I've been using them for years. I wouldn't use anything else. In fact, this new driver, it's Ping's straightest and highest moment of impact driver ever. Holy moly. So on the course, what's that going to mean? How's it going to help golfers? Well, to put it simply, it means people are going to be hitting longer, straighter, and they're going to absolutely crack their drives off the tee. I could talk about it all day. It's that good. But the best thing to do if you want to check out how impressive Ping's new G430 Max 10K driver is, just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a Ping club fitting, and I'll see you out there with my Ping gear. Well, it's week nine of the golfing year, and we're live from the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia. And we're here thanks to our mates at Ping. And you might have read this week, the number one driver with live players is from Ping. Not only the Ping players, but a heap of the others as well. Not a surprise. They're the best in the business. And thanks to the team at the Golf Clearance Outlet, they've got great gear at incredible prices and gift vouchers, the perfect prezi for a golf-loving friend or a loved one. Check them out in store or online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Okay, time for the show. Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen, this is the number one Australian golf podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. So, I was talking to Andy, and Andy looks after the uh, Legends Pro-Am circuit here in Victoria. Yeah. They have never, in the history of Legends Tour here in this country, had more people logged on to the Port Arlington Pro-Am well, you know leaderboard than this week. Because they wanted to know if you were going to shoot your 65. <laughs> yes, yes. I was waiting for the victory speech. <laughs> I was very unlucky. You played well, though. I shot a, under par. I shot under par. I was really happy to shoot under par. Yeah. But uh, no, I was a little bit nervous earlier. I was two over after about six. And I'm thinking, oh, God. <laughs> I actually got off to a good start. I saw I, that. Eventually, I almost got myself DQ'd. <laughs> yeah, what happened with Ooh. the DQ? I, well, I had a one-stroke penalty in the end. So Why? Well, I got off nice to a nice start. And then, you know, reality set in. I've got the half yeah, set, just yeah. slinging along, having a bit of fun with my, with my amateur yeah. partners. Started making a few bogeys, and then I hooked one out of bounds as a par five. I can't yeah. remember. It was on the front nine. And my bag's like 100 yards down the fairway because you've got to walk back to the tee. Right. And I thought, oh, that's too hard. My playing partner said, oh, i got a ball. And I said, oh, okay, no worries. Titleist says, yeah, 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 no worries. Threw me a Titleist. I hit it off, and I get down there. I look at the ball, and I'm Wrong going, number. Oh, Wrong colour on th- the number. This is a black Titleist. So I used the red, and I've gone, oh, oh, well, screw it. I've probably just DQ'd myself. I almost made eagle on the hole <laughs> of the second ball, but I got back in later, and they said, no, nah, it's a one-shot penalty. So, Well, look, we gave uh, my mob then just a nice little wrap, uh, Titleist. So we better yeah. give your mob ping a very big pump up because Oof. they look after us here at Talk Birdie to Me. And Sam Colosimo at the Golf Clearance Outlet, he's jumped on for more. We've got Beautiful. even more support from the Golf Clearance Outlet. And that is because, Nick, let's not mess around. It's the number one golf podcast that people listen to 
in Australia. Thank you so much for tuning in week after week after week. We really appreciate it. Um, and hopefully uh, we can get better and better and better. Yep, and we're going global. We've hit Latvia already. We're going into the US. Yeah, how is Latvia going, by three. the way? We've got three now. Oh, we're up to three. Three. What's going on in Latvia? Why? Don't do, know. We do had two. Even, now we've got three. Do they even have golf courses in Latvia? <laughs> can, can you quickly look up oh, the best on. golf course in Latvia? Hang on, let me... I'll Just call, so we know. I'll call up Latvia. Okay, Latvia golf course. It'd be Royal something. Oh, there's something here. Oh, my right. gosh. There's a website here, the five best golf courses in Latvia. It is, does not. No, no, it did. But let me call an... I'll go to the image here and I'll see the photo. While you're looking it up, I've got to say, I admire Charlie Woods oh. even more. Oh, hang on. Back to you. Go. Look at that. What is it? I can't that, read it. It's a golf course in Latvia in a place called Riga. It looks quite good. I'd play there. Oh, it looks pure. Looks yeah. A bit linksish. Okay. It's like really it. nice. Sorry, so, I, can, I, you, I, can you screenshot that out and, and, and send it to our... Uh, our listeners' place? What am I, like your personal or our, social media slave? Well, well sort of. You, that's your job. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about Charlie Woods. Yeah. Charlie Woods. Um, I've been a big admirer of his golf swing for a long time. Uh, it is now very well documented, and we, we were talking about this last year, that he's nowhere near the number one, even in Florida, for his uh, ranking in his age group. Yep. But my God, the stones on this kid knowing that he would be followed and that he's trying to qualify for this week's US PGA Tour event, but it was actually a pre-qualifying for the qualifier for the Monday yes. qualifying. Yeah, they have a pre-qualifier on the Thursday before for the Monday qualifying. That's right. Yeah, which was, it was the old Honda tournament. Now it's called the yeah. Cognizant Classic. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'd, like, I'd just like to say, well done, Charlie. The stones that you possess to actually get out there. Now, you shot 86. That happens. Yeah. You had a 12 on a hole or I'm something. I'm impressed he finished the, finished the round after making a 12. He yeah. just sort of handed in and away you go. But well, It's funny you say that because that's kind of in uh, the spirit of what they do in America. I've been to quite a few Monday qualifyings, and I've had blokes walk off the course. Oh, yeah. They're one over par, and yeah. they walk off after yep. nine holes. Well, you've got to shoot 64. You've got to shoot 64 yeah. at it's least. Um, so I've played with a number of players who are one, two, or three over and just shook my hand on the ninth green and said, go well. So it happens a bit. So for him to, to stay in there, good. Uh, to put up with all the crap that was going on, apparently people asking him to sign autographs mm. and all kinds of garbage. Well yep. done, kid. I heard there was well one, done. There was a grandmother took her granddaughter out there hoping to hook him up with Charlie. Yes. I heard that as yes. well. It's yep. ridiculous. That's, that's true. When yep. you say hook him up. What? As in, oh, hopefully they could meet and maybe, yeah. you know. Oh, come on. As in Prince William style. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Prince William. Like the crown. You, you saw the crown. Yes, I did. And uh, um, what's, what's Kate. her name? Kate's mum. Oh, Kate's mum. Yeah, Kate's mum. She, she had a plan. On. Do you reckon that's real, though? Is there a bit, a bit of mayo on that, maybe? I don't care. I don't know. It sounds... I, I want it to be true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's a great story. Um, anyway, uh, I reckon that's going to be good for him, Charlie Woods. I, I think that takes the gloss off what we all see and what's all expected. And I think that, you know, if he's... Uh, I, I always tell my kid, you know, in the improvement graph... The improvement doesn't go straight up. It goes up and down, up and down, up and mm. down, up and down. It's not the graph, that line that goes up and down that's important. It's the bottom one that you've got to keep on going. The timeline is the important one. If the timeline stops or your endeavour, if your endeavour stops, then the graph stops. So 
I, I, I just hopefully his endeavour and his time put into playing golf doesn't stop. And his graph, even though this was a severe downturn for yeah. that for that green line, he'll get better. Yeah, I ha- it obviously is going to hurt the confidence a little bit. And I, I still have to, you know, for me, it's a little early. Yep. I would have given it a couple more years. Maybe yep. wait till you're 16, 17, then give it a crack. He's 14. 14. I mean, he's never going to get in. And, and what's the point in going yeah. out there and putting yourself through that? Maybe it's to see where his game was at. And obviously, it needs a bit of work. Yeah. Well, apparently, you know... He's a pretty confident kid. Oh, yeah. Is, is, well, you've been around <laughs> oh, him, haven't yeah. you? you? You were around him when he was a tiny little yeah, kid. Yeah, we used to hang out when I was six or seven, and uh, you know, some pretty good sledging coming along from the young fella. <laughs> so you can imagine what he's like today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he would be an arrogant little bugger in a good kind of way, I imagine. <laughs> Let's hope it's in a good yeah, way. Yeah, Was he 15 now? 14. Approaching, maybe, fi- approaching yeah. 15. I've never seen a golf swing for some, uh, well, maybe I'll just say a boy because... Who was the young lady? Who was the superstar golfer who, oh. who 14 years old? Michelle Wee. Michelle Wee. Michelle Wee's 14, still the number two most amazing thing I've ever seen in golf was a 14-year-old girl missed the cut by one shot in a fully-fledged PGA Tour event with a lot of good players, and that was mm. in Hawaii. I think it was the Sony. So she's probably got the best 14-year-old or 15-year-old swing I've ever seen, but Charlie Woods is right there. Right there. Yep. So keep on trucking, kid. Anyway, I wonder if he listens. Do you think that would have spurred him on a little bit in the graph, the talk? Yeah, motivational send, speech. I'll send the graph to him. Yeah, we'll send the audio over. <laughs> I, I, Nick, will, Nick, will have a, Nick will have an email address for him. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. Well, you and I uh, basically said the same uh, thing on Twitter at the same time earlier in the week when Anthony Kim, the mystery man, the uh, we're talking about uh, obnoxious uh, confidence, this kid had it all. He had diamond-plated belt buckles. Belt buckles yeah. He had the whole lot. He had the golf swing, the match. Um, he Did you ever play with him? I did, yeah. Well, let me stop the intro right no, now. No, no. You start talking. No, what was he like to play with? Uh, very cocky, you know, yeah. very um, confident. Yeah. had the swagger about him, yeah. and he was a flusher, absolutely. He he hit the ball beautifully. Yeah. Um, I can't remember where I was playing with him, whether it was a tournament round or a practice round. Anyway, he was on his – actually, it must have been a practice round because he was on the phone to his agent most of the way around right? talking about deals that they're going to sign and things like that. So, yeah, it was a practice round. I think it might have been in Palm Springs. Yeah, okay. Mm. I've never seen a kid's uh, arms fold more perfectly in front of their body. Maybe Steve Elker's kind of in that mould as well. There's, their arms just mm. always seem to be right in front of the chest. Um just while we're on Anthony Kim and going back to live, did you see the news that the Saudi Arabians are planning on moving the PIF fund to not one trillion, but two trillion dollars? Now I had to write it down. That's a two with twelve zeros. It's a lot of zeros. Yeah, twelve. So, you know, we've got the Fenway Sports Group or the, what were they called? The Strategic um, Sports yep, Group. Correct. SSG. They've got, uh, they've given the PGA Tour access to $1.5 billion. With another one5 currently. All right, so they've, yep. got, they've got $3 billion. <laughs> but that's no real match for the $2 trillion just floated recently. Yeah, well, they've got, what is it about? I read there was $735 billion in their fund left at the moment because I guess they've spent a little bit recently. That's not too bad, right? So they're selling off 1% of Aramco, 
uh, over the next six years where on, it's going to give them two trillion, I believe. Don't you say that, Aramco? No, uh, yeah, no, Aramco. sorry, I've been picked up on that. Aramco, yeah. sorry about that. Um, yeah, it's 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 make believe, mind boggling. I mean, I feel like I'm in. It doesn't make sense. It's, uh, what do you call it? Monopoly money. That, oh, it's actually more than monopoly money. I, I've done my mathematics, and if the DP World Tour continues to have around 50 tournaments a year, if they made every tournament a minimum of 30 million US dollars, which would dwarf what's going on over in the US, it doesn't even scratch that $2 trillion. No. I mean, it's there's still... A one, comma, and then a nine. <laughs> there's still one, comma, nine, and there's, there, you know, there's one point nine trillion dollars left if they do that to the DP World Tour. I would not think it's a coincidence that has come out only a matter of a couple of weeks after this other deal yeah. was done with Piff. I mean, it's, I mean, cl- it's clearly a shot across the bow. It is, well, it is the biggest shot across the bow in the history of this planet. I think, without a doubt. Now, Nick. You and I, we're salivating at the thought of what would happen, okay? What would happen if, what's the minimum purse on the PGA Tour these days? Is it, what did they just play for last week? Uh, the winner got 1.4 or 1.5, so that's got to be... That's 18 percent, what's that, about 5 million? 8, eight six, million? Seven, 7 or 8 million probably is minimum. Okay, so hang on, 18% of 5 million is 900,000. So it's somewhere between, it's a little bit higher than 7.5, so probably it's an $8 million tournament. Mm-hmm. And that would have to be the minimum. So if they said, okay, everybody, the DP World Tour minimum purse moving forward is $25 million US dollars. <laughs> what would that do to the US tour, Nick? You've been over there. You understand it. Would it become a purely it would become American an, an tour? American tour, number one, yeah, because so, a lot of international players will go, hmm, okay, hang on. We can play for quite a bit more money over in Europe now. I've always sort of said this. So the Hoy guards would move time. back. Yeah. You think about all of it. The Hoy guards yep. would go straight back. Yep. Um, the Pavon, who's leading the FedEx Cup, he goes straight back. Probably. Uh, yeah. The Finland bloke, or was his name? He just came second oh, in that. Sammy uh, Mal- He's straight back. Yeah. But again, how much is enough? At the end of the day, it's it's sickening the amount of money that's going on right now. The greed. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But still, if I was playing, I'm going back. Yeah, I'll I say you si- would. I, I'm going sayonara. Mm. The minimum purse is twenty five million. What does that mean? I mean, hang on a second. What's eighteen percent of twenty five million? On. Are there cuts? Yeah, there's <laughs> cuts. There's got to be cuts. Okay. But you, but you'd probably get you know ten thousand for missing a cut, yeah, like true. you do in the majors. What, what do you get for missing a cut in the majors these days? It's probably it was, around that. I'm was, guessing. When I missed the cut in ninety nine, mm. I think I got five thousand. Did pounds. you really? Yeah. We're missing the cut in 1999. That's a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, I remember missing cut and going, hang on, I'm getting paid? What? Yeah. I missed the cut. I shouldn't be getting paid, but in yeah. the majors they used to do that. Yeah, they, I which think, was nice. I think they still do. Okay. So it, it, you might get a situation where, I mean, if it's a $25 million purse, US, to where there might be $5 million for cut misses, <laughs> they might split it that way. And there's $20 million, otherwise every tournament would be worth $3.6 million if you won the tournament. $3.6 million US. Mm. I think they would lose every flag, just about every flag. You know, there's a few over there who live there now. Yeah. Like yeah. Jason Day would stay there. They'd, he'd stay. Rory would be an interesting one. Yeah. Scotty would uh, move across. 
Yep. He played the rest. So they're there, the Australians looked after. Mm. But then Rory? Yeah, well, who knows? Rory's a, he, he's a Floridian. He's doing okay days. anyway. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, geez, I mean, <sighs> something will happen soon. It seems that way because we're coming to a bit of a head right now. I yeah. Think, so. And uh, well done to the Masters people too for giving Joaquim Neiman an invitation, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't qualify for any other reason apart from being a good player. Yeah, they gave out three recently. Joaquin Neiman, Thorburn Olsen, and Ryo Hasatsune. Who's so he? He's a Japanese player who won the Rookie of the Year on the DP World Tour last year. Ah. Olsen's been playing well of late. He, I think he won in Dubai somewhere. And Neiman, the interesting thing with him was they never mentioned anything about his live affiliation. It was just more about how well he's been playing around the world. He won the Australian Open, obviously. Now, yeah. I think they should get a, give an invite for the Australian Open winner. That would be fantastic. They obviously do it for the... Asia Pacific Amateur Championship, which we had recently next door to us here at Royal Melbourne. So why not give it for the Aussie Open as well? So because mm. they're all at the moment playing like the Asian Tour this past week, they had twenty live players playing that tournament mm. up in Oman, and they're all playing for world ranking points because yeah. that's the biggest thing at the moment. As we know, the world ranking points is a bit of a an issue going on. Are they relevant, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And then there's been this talk recently that they're it's almost ranking players off this thing called data golf. Do you know much about the data golf rankings? No, so, I, I don't. Mm. But what, what would that be? It would be off. It has to do with like strokes gained, you know, and it, it's it's really ranking people on on how well they play. Um, you know, it, so and, not so much the tournament they're playing in. Well, just how well they play. I, I did a little bit of research on it, and it basically ranks golfers that play in an official world ga- ranking golf sanctioned event, a live event, or a world amateur golf ranking event, and it's determined by the averaging the field strength. Adjusted scores of each golfer across pro and amateur tournaments with more rounds or more recent rounds yeah. receiving more weight. Now, I was looking at the different players that are playing live and also playing all around the world. And from the live players, for example, if you go by the data golf rankings, in the top 100 of the data rankings, there are 18 of live golfers there. Right. And in the official world golf rankings, there's only nine. So that means in the data golf rankings, they're ranking obviously double the amount on the live tour in the top 100. Now the top 50, there's eight in the data golf rankings, five in the official world golf rankings. So uh, it's there's a lot of conjecture going on at the moment because you look at someone like, um, I'll give you an example, uh, Sergio Garcia is ranked like 78 on the data golf world rankings. Right. Official golf world rankings, he's ranked 606. So there's a massive discrepancy massive there. So discrepancy. there's a lot of players like that. Like Dustin Johnson, he's 29 on the data golf rankings. In the world golf rankings, he's 238. So, yeah. And then you get the odd one there, it's flipped. Like Brooks is actually 44 in the data, and, but he's 29 in the official world golf rankings. Yeah. So there's, some, yeah, there's a bit of toing and froing, and there's a lot of discussion around all this at the moment. And obviously, Neiman has been very vocal about the fact that he couldn't play in certain majors because he's not getting world ranking points. Now, my... Thinking behind that is, well, you knew what you were getting into. Yeah. Okay. You knew, when you signed up, you knew you weren't going to get ranking points. So it's obviously going to slip. So you shouldn't be crying poor about that. That's for sure. But do to you his think, credit, he, he's going around the world and playing all these tournaments because he wants to play the majors. Do you think they were all told that yes. they were going to get world ranking points? That's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. They, I, were, they I, were told that. But they haven't come to the party when they've got to do the things. You know, you need a, a 36-hole cut. Um, one of the one of the sticking points with Liv, for example, is the 25th ranked player in Liv could leave the tour because you're not in the top 24. Top 24 stay on yeah. the tour the next year. However, 
There are players that are guaranteed contracts. They should they could finish last in live. They're the captains of teams, and yet they get to play the following year. So you can't have those sorts of mm. uh, things going on at the same time if you want to have it legitimised. And then another player said, well, he eased off in the individual event because he wanted the team to to win. Yeah. So if you're doing those sorts of things, you can't can't have you can't have it both ways. Okay, I've I've been searching while you were talking, mm. uh, but I just found the um, World Golf Rankings criteria to have world golf rankings on your tour. Now, I'll read them. Uh, an embrace of inclusion and promoting non-discriminatory practices. Tick. Right? That one's okay. Competitions contested over 72 holes, except for development tours like the uh, Bema TV Tour, the Alps Golf Tour, the Euro Pro Tour, among others, which are permitted to be 54-hole events. So if they, they're, they're obviously allowed to give out permission mm-hmm. but they don't want to adjust at the moment for that one so that's a cross an open annual qualifying school held before the start of each season I guess it's new and I guess there's not many spots what is there three yeah but it's how there. open was I don't know they, they gave out the invites didn't they yeah mm. well I think you could, anyone there could, was criteria yeah but basically yeah we'll, we'll give them a tick for we'll, that we'll give them a give tick, tick. Yep. alright a field size on average yep of 75 players over the course of a season. So, the, so that's a cross. That's a nine. Uh, a 36-hole cut, whether playing 54 or 72 holes. That's, that's a, a cut. Yeah. A clear opportunity to progress to a full-member tour, that is, to one of the six members of the International Federation of the PGA Tours. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think uh, well, they've been they're, banned, they're, haven't they? Well, they're a closed shop, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, so. that's right. Uh, number seven, re- uh, reasonable access for local and regional players, i.e. Monday qualifiers at each of its tournaments. So that's a no. So that's a no too. Hmm. So there's a few no's, yep. but it's not out of the question. I mean, Bryson says they've they've checked all the boxes. Yeah. I remember he did an interview, and I'm thinking, uh, what, what, what criteria have you been reading, Bryson? Yeah. <laughs> So I saw that too. That that uh, the stuff I read out there was in um, was a return serve to what Bryson was saying. Right. Okay. So that's that. That's where that one came from. Um, Jake Knapp. Oh, how good! Now, obviously, he had a look at your masterclass last week. <laughs> you said because that. the smooth transition of this kid at the top, <laughs> and then the pump out one hundred and ninety plus ball speed. It's off the charts. Frightening. You know who he reminded me of? And uh, there was a video done of him and Fred Couples, but he actually reminds me of Cameron Champ. Yeah. That swing, that effortless power. Oh, my goodness. And the angles he was creating. Yeah. Such a wide takeaway. And then he's, the lag is insane. Yeah. I saw a video this week, and I think you might have even sent it through. When you look um, down the line of both Couples and him, their swings look different. But when you look front on, side, mm. the follow-through and some of the stuff done on the backswing it's very much like Fred Couples, yeah. and, and I couldn't see that from the standard behind the T view. Yeah, I couldn't see it. No, well, I don't think Freddie was a bouncer at a nightclub either. So yeah, <laughs> a little <Only> different. Hit, <laughs> <laughs> only hit two greens, uh, two, sorry, fairways. two fairways on the last day. Goes to show uh, you need some defense. Oh yes, and my masterclass a little bit later will be on the defense. Um, What's your top five? Because we're going to have a break. Your top five. My top five is going to be, in, in honour, I guess, of Jake Knapp and how far he hits it, my top five players, the longest players I've ever played with. Oh, nice. Played with. So there are probably other players who are longer, but 
Okay. These are the ones yep. that you've played that with. Oh, I've played with. Well, you just you just watched them hit, and your mouth was oh. open. Yeah, well, I knew I, I had to drive a wedge, <laughs> and I'd catch up to them. <laughs> right, a uh, uh, couple of party pies for me. What do you want? Uh, Chicken avocado sandwich or something uh, special? Uh, you know, I like my wraps. Oh, hang on a second. How do people get this number? Mate, I don't know how it happens. I don't know how it happens. They just find it. Hello, talk birdie to me hotline. G'day, boys. How's going? Hey, mate, we're well. Who's this? Oh, this is Tim Jacobson. So I'm from Waratah and one of the newly newly appointed directors up there, which is pretty exciting. Oh, oh brilliant. Fantastic. Hey, Tim. Good stuff. Just got a quick question, uh, question without notice, and that is uh, how, what's the biggest plug you've ever had? Have you had to, like, and when I say plug, uh, I mean in terms of a golf ball into a green. So obviously oh. the greens Ooh. need to be kept nice and wet through summer, um, but we've had a substantial amount of rain and Playing off the um, playing off the blues on the <laughs> on the third hole, seven iron teed up up over the tree there. If you know Waratah well, you know there's a tree just you know put in the exact right spot yeah. um, over top of the tree there. I was expecting it to skid on, get to the green, and I thought I was in the bushes for sure. And um, I, was, I was half a ball deep, half a ball deep, half a ball. God, divot tool, mark it up, divot tool out. Truth. Bring in the excavators just to uh, to fill the plug. Subterranean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. I reckon I've had plenty of plugged balls, but yeah. no plugs really that were under the surface not, of the putting green. Not in the green. No, I've had no. them in the fairways oh, where yeah, they're stacks. really soft, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is insane. Well, it saved you, so well done. It sounds like it's pretty wet there, Waratah. Is the course holding up okay? Yeah, the course is in mint condition, and and this week they've got the the Latitude 35 Pro Am, so that's um that's going to be played and. We're playing with the defending champ, um, James Con- Conran, I believe it is. Is that Stephen Conran's uh, son, I think? Steve, I used to play a bit of golf with Steve Conran. He was a winner on the Japanese circuit. I'll take that uh, I'll take that with me and, and use it in the field. Where's Waratah? I've got no idea. Oh, you've got to get yourself in here. So we're up in uh, we're up in Newcastle, Lake Macquarie. So Waratah used to be at Waratah until BHP needed some extra land. So they bought it out and moved us out to Argentine. That was years ago, way before me. Um, and, yeah, so we're out in Argentine there, so in Lake Macquarie. So beautiful part of the world. Quite a lot of golf courses in and around here. Um, the best part about Waratah, and I'm going to give it a little plug, uh, just like the ball, and that is the juniors. So they've got a great little junior program, and, and there's oh, there's quite some good golfers. Yeah, some quite good golfers that hopefully are going to come through the ranks there. Um, and, and really sort of, yeah, step up and you might see him on the big stage. Hey, Tim, uh, just as we finish, what's the handicap there? What, what are you playing off? Oh, geez. Uh, I wish I was off scratch, but uh, look, I'm, I'm 18.9 myself personally. Oh, that's good. Nice. Yeah. That's good Good fun golf at that uh, number, Tim. Good shot on a you. hole. I like that. Shot a hole is beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, giving us a bell, mate, and good luck with everything there at Waratah and the junior program. Thanks, Tim. Sensational. Thanks, boys. Have a great day. Now my party pies are getting cold. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you on the 10th. Time. All right. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course. But as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm. as well and plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, you are all across Watch My Numbers. You are all over this like a rash. It does look pretty impressive. Look, one of the things I missed from my career that Nick enjoyed was having stats available. I never got it, except, of course, for Sand Saves, where I was number one. But I never got the look at how close I was hitting my five irons, where my miss was with my driver. I never got it, and it was always just in my head. I didn't actually know the facts. And with Watch My Numbers, it's no longer a feel thing. It is a factual guide to what you are doing in the game. And Nick, mm. you knew how powerful that was playing in the US Tour. Yeah, we had what was called Shotlink over there, but I wish I'd have had this sort of an app for myself because weirdly... I was very much a field player, and I kind of stayed away from the statistics. But looking back, if I'd have had this, who knows? So it's got the pro level. It's got the elite level. It's got the low handicapper, the high handicapper. It covers everybody, and your stats will be assessed at your level, and you'll be pushed into the right direction because of the Watch My Numbers app. It's a beauty, folks, and I highly Highly recommend it. I was on it the other day, and uh, subscribers get extra bonus content, including videos from you, Mark, doing some stuff as well. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Dan? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Hey, by the way, do you do it during or the round or after? Either way. Oh, really? Yeah, you can do it right there and then, or you finish your round and you put your own data in. So nice. you might have had a 150-meter 7-iron on the third hole at Metropolitan Golf Club. Put where you hit it from, you mark where it went to, and then you've got the real-time data at your fingertips anytime you want from that point forward. Watch My Numbers helps you master your game and play smarter by using data. If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. And maybe share it with a friend. Now back to Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. This is Talk Birdie to Me. Party pie, not too cold, Mark. Are we on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a rotten party pie, mate. Gone cold. Shocker. Mm. Very, good, very cold. How good are party pies, though? You know what? Party pies, for some reason, taste better than full pies. I agree. I totally agree. Why is that? Is agree. it just because of the pastry? We like pastry or something? I don't know. They're very Moorish, too. That's the only problem yeah. with them. Yeah. And some some of the golf clubs that really take pride in their party pies, so they're not, they're, they're not the ones that come from the supermarket. They actually are handmade, beautiful chunks of meat in there amongst the gravy. 
They are delightful. Now, Nick has made a comment on Party Pies. You know why? Because <laughs> Alana listens to this yeah. podcast. And he, doesn't, he does not want to get in trouble when he gets home. <laughs> no, it's just because I don't need them anymore. So well, if I want to play good golf, I don't want to have the shakes on the back nine. <laughs> this is going to be a rip-roaring <laughs> top five. Top five, top five, top five. Okay. Yes, this top five is the longest top five players that I've ever played with. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so there's going to be a... There's a oh, You'll, you'll kind of get the drift. Anyway, number yeah. five. Yeah. I'm going to flip this around. I was looking at the order earlier and I thought, oh, who shall I go for? But number five is going to be Bryson DeChambeau. Wow. Now, obviously, he's very, very long now, right? Hang on, hang on. Was this when I played with him? Yeah, I was going to say, was this before he was the thick shake, uh, the yes. protein this shake, Bryson? before when he came down to Australia as an amateur, he played the Australian, Australian Masters. I saw him hit off the 17th hole. I played with him. Uh, at Huntingdale and we got to the second so it was at the time when he had the one length clubs and all this sort of stuff obviously but we got to the second tee and I hear him chatting with his caddy about the bunker and I'm going hang on the second hole now it's a short par four but there's no bunker yeah. And he was talking about the green side bunker. He says, oh, what's the carry on the green side bunker? And I just couldn't believe it. The so, carry? Yeah, he flew it into the bunker, green side, on number two at Huntingdale. Now, it was slightly downwind. How far is that? Mate, that's too far. Yeah, it's a long way. I was a member there for 30 years, yeah. and I think I only knocked it in that bunker maybe once or twice. Yeah, that was with your second shot with your wedge. That's so. it. That is exactly right. All right. So anyway, that, so, so number that, five. That's Bryson pre-protein shakes. Pre-protein shakes. He right, hit right an on. enormous amount. Thank you, um, number four is a man who just won this past week on the Champions Tour, Ricardo Gonzalez, the Argentinian. Really? Played with him back on the DP World Tour many, many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. And he, the Argentinians, it's frightening how yeah. far they hit the ball. Cabrera. Um, my God. But, well, just wait. <laughs> really? He might be on my list. But Ricardo, he was filthy long. It was a joke. Mm. It was a joke. Number three is his com- compadre, Angel Cabrera. He had, I don't know how many gears, but he had several in the tank. We played the President's Cup one year. I think it was in Washington, D.C. Mm. He was playing in a match, a four-ball match, where I'd finished my match, went out to watch. And one of these uh, opponents was Davis Love, and Davis was long. Yeah, I mean, long. he ripped it out there. Davis pumps one off the tee. I mean, he rips it. And yeah. you just see the chest go up and everything. Yeah. Angel, all of a sudden, he took this swing. I've gone, ooh. Oh, he just went up a gear. I mean, he went up maybe two gears. Yeah. And But it still looked kind of effortless, a bit like Jake yeah. Knapp and yeah. Cameron Champ. Anyway, they're walking down the fairway, and Davis knows he's pumped one. Yeah. And he's giving it the big stride. Yeah. Like, the chest is out. He comes to this ball, and you just see the shoulders slump. slump. <laughs> and there's a ball another 30 metres past him. And Ang- Angel just walks past him with a cigarette in his hand, just yeah. blowing smoke. It was beautiful. So uh, anyway, Angel's uh, my number four. Nice to see Angel out of jail too. You just got yes. out of jail. He just got out of jail. He's done the time. And he was playing in that Champions Tour <laughs> yeah. event over in Morocco. Actually, Did a horrible so. crime too, mm. by the way. Yeah, it wasn't we don't good. appreciate no. that sort of stuff. So Angel's my number three. Number two, none other. Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's seriously long in the match play. I was 50 metres behind him every time, which is, you know, whatever. How many times did you beat him again? <laughs> not enough, obviously. <laughs> obviously not enough. It's 50 metres past Don't him. need to describe how long that guy was. And number one, uh, I got to play with uh, Mr. John Daly in oh. Memphis uh, at oh, the wow. St. Jude Classic. It was part of the FedEx Cup and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh. Crazy town. He was taken on lines that I just didn't even dream of. And he, as he does, you know, he just teed it up and had the cigarette and the Coke yeah. can with him. And, you know, obviously in the, what was in the Coke can, who knows. But he was 
unbelievably long and he had that extra gear when he really wanted to go after it and the crowd would just wind him yeah. up saying, come on, John, let one rip, let yeah, one rip. And yeah. sure enough, he'd give him a wink and go, watch this, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously uh, long anyway. That so is a very my good, number one. That's a very good top five. Can I, mm. can I just put a little bit of a cream on the, your Please. cake? Um, he used to play for Arkansas. He was a senior when I was a freshman, which was first year at Texas Tech. And we used to play Arkansas all the time. Mm. Anyway, that first year, one of three things happened every single week when we were playing against Arkansas. Either he got blind and <laughs> took the team bus for a spin and crashed it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Or he destroyed a hotel room. Or he knocked it on a par four that was undrivable. <laughs> one of those three things happened every single oh, week wow. we played over there in the college mm. golf system. He used anyway. to use that bullet driver too. Remember that when he won the PGA? Oh, that was it. That Cobra. Cobra yeah. It was like the a white, the white-headed one. It was just like a thing of plastic. Yeah. It was a plastic mold. Yep. No yep. kick in it. No. no uh, what do you call it? Uh, trampoline yeah. effect. Just sheer pace. Unbelievable. Crazy pace. So a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about tea times, and we had a uh, we had a message from a, a listener called Michael who has a question about tea time etiquette. Right, eh? okay. uh, So we're going to give him a call and have a bit of a uh, bit of a yak to him, and right. uh, good. We'll find out what his what his question is. You're very selective who gets the hotline. I must say. Yeah. Why is that? Some get the hotline and some don't. Uh, no reason. Hello. Hey, Michael. It's Mark Allen and Nick O'Hearn from the Talk Birdie to Me podcast. How are you? Good, Marco. How are you? How are you, Nico? Uh, very well, thanks, mate. And you got a question for us? Yeah. Um, my question is arises from when you mentioned Tom Kim not make, almost not making his tea time last week. Yeah. So he was late. What happens if your group hits off early and hits off without you? Uh, I believe it's a two-shot penalty Yeah. if they tee off. And when they call your name, now this, yeah. you know, we might have to get the rules official in with this one, but if they call your name and you're not there, it's a two-shot penalty if you're... Partners hit off, but if they hit their second shots, you're out. Then it's a d- disqualification. It's DQ. It's DQ. Yeah. Right. Is that worldwide, or is that worldwide, or the US tour? No, I think that's worldwide. I think because I remember it happened to me once where I was playing the Italian Open and I went to the tenth tee and I was off the first, and unfortunately oh, yeah. it was a long distance oh, between no. them. The players yeah. had teed off. And before they hit their second shots, fortunately, I managed to tee off, and it was only a two-shot penalty. So, did you, what did you shoot? Oh, sixty-six. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I made the cut anyway. Uh, has this happened to you, Michael? Well, it happened to me in a social round where I was I was on time, and I was on time for my uh, tea time, but my group hit off without me. Oh. So, um, yeah. So I was just wondering, wondering. Well, you know what? What should happen? Well, what should happen there is they should get a two-shot penalty because yeah, they're right. uh, they're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that, that was my question: Is it bad form, bad etiquette, or just bad luck? Uh, I think did that. Did they have your phone number? No, they didn't have my phone number. Uh, so I checked in and I, I I got to the tea, and when I got to the tea, what I thought was my group walked up and I said, "Hey, I'm playing with you guys, and and I'm in this tea time." And they said, "Oh, that's your group," and they are almost on the green. Well, I'm going to say it's poor etiquette. If they didn't know you and they didn't know your uh, phone number and they knew that you were playing with them, they should have waited. Yeah, it is poor etiquette. Where do you play, by the way, Michael? Uh, Look, I play in Leongatha, so it's a course down there. Yep. Um, But I I made it, I met up with them on the the second tee, um, told them that. I was in their group, and then I did my best Nick Faldo, and I didn't talk to them for the next four holes. <laughs> <laughs> what did you make on the first? 
pre-putted for a birdie. So, uh, bogey, sorry. Uh, well, what a shame. But it's, it's an excellent question. Excellent question. Thanks mm. for calling in. We Thanks, appreciate Michael. it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good on you. Cheers. Yeah, we've got um, a bit of feedback here, guys, this week. If uh, you would like to hear some of that. Yes, please. Yes, please. That would be great. Any wax this week? Um, no, I don't think so. Oh, good. Thanks. Okay. All right. Okay, you guys played uh, Port Arlington last week. Got a message here from Lee. It was great to run into Marco down at Port. Always has time to say g'day, and I had a few words. Five birdies from the great man wasn't bad, though. I had four myself, and I didn't score too well either. Some little whack there. Yeah, <laughs> good on you, Lee. <laughs> little dig. No, uh, lots of good people down there. It's the second time. It's two years in a row, and I got the same group two years in a row. And they were fabulous fellas. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, really, brilliant. really good. Well, Mark Hayes, he put on a wonderful pro-am. Guys, got an email from Scott here. That's a question for you, actually. Hey, gents. Love the pod every week, and I'm watching the Challenger Tour on weekends. A couple of weekends ago, King Kazuma's chip-in on the 11th uh, on Sunday. Mm. I noticed on that tricky chip, he actually had his hand slightly behind the club head to use the bounce. It was very clever because it came out so soft. Also, the 10th at Riviera. I don't understand why the pros just don't hit, say, a 7-iron and a sandwich. I think they're more likely to make birdie that way. Well, having played the tenth at Riviera many times, it is a nightmare to keep a wedge on there. You're better off just bombing it down there and hope that you get some sort of an angle. You've got more of a chance than that. I know some people do like to lay it up. I've laid it up in the past, but it's just such a Still hard a tough shot. shot. Oh, yeah. you've got no room to hit it in. And with the length that these guys are hitting, they're hitting three wood, so you may as well have a crack. What about the, the play of actually hitting something where you hit it greenside, mm. but just in the apron. Is it too tight a area to, to hit that apron? No, that, that's the play. It's just that's to the, the front play. left. That's where you're always trying to aim. But what tends to happen is it either kicks hard and it goes way long and then all of a sudden you've got the bunker to deal with yeah. over the back and then you can't really go at the flag. A lot of players go well to the left and there's rough and there's trees. They can get blocked out. If you go on that front bunker, though, that is the worst spot to be. The front bunker's no front good. The front bunker's horrible. Oh, I didn't know that. Really tough to hold the green from there. Really tough. Okay. But uh, with his point with Kazuma's chip shot as well, I thought he played it beautifully. Hands back a little. He almost played it like a semi-little flop. and it, I think it came out a little soft too, and that's the way mm. you play those. Yeah. What groove did he use? No, don't, oh. don't answer that question. Okay. It's all about the master class. <laughs> okay, I won't. Yeah, okay. All right. Plenty of comments still coming through on socials about hidden gem golf courses. Steve Melly reckons Lynx Lady Bay in South Australia is amazing. Uh, I've heard very, very good things about that golf course. Where is it? Close to Victor Harbour? Victor Harbour, yeah. Okay. yeah. used to play Pro-Am Circus down there, but I never got to Lynx Lady Bay. So oh. It's only reasonably new, I reckon. Might only be 15 years old. Okay. Something like something like that. Correct. Uh, by the way, if I'm wrong, uh, please get in touch with our socials and give us a... Um, uh, give us a bit of a critique on to put Lynx on the Lady list. Bay. Yeah, absolutely. Just look, at, just look at a photo a moment ago while you were talking. It looks mm. amazing. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's Kim Crute has said Nullarbor Links takes more than four hours around, <laughs> uh, so it's a long one. Mm. And the Hamilton Island Golf Course. Yeah, I've been there, mm. and you, you want to take a pocket full of balls because the fairways are I don't know fifteen meters wide when I played it, mm. but the most beautiful views of any golf course I've ever seen anywhere in the world. Yeah. Right there at Hamilton Island. Yeah. But the golf course, it's kind of more just exercise than it is a, a fair income round of golf. Yeah, I've seen pictures, but I've never uh, never been there. But now, Nullarbor Links, is that the one which stretches over a long, you know, you've yeah. got to drive 100 kilometres to yeah. the next hole? I yeah. reckon is that's that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it's that. I think that's it. Yeah. 
So is that, is that what you actually do? You actually drive. You play a hole and then you've got to drive another 100k or something. So it's something to do while you're driving yeah. on the nullable. Exactly. That's not a bad idea. Great idea. I yeah. think it's the longest. I think I could be wrong on this. I think it's the longest golf course in the world. Hmm. So well, well, it makes sense. Have to yeah, be. Makes sense. Daryl Lynch wrote in. You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't want to walk it. Daryl Lynch? Uh, no, no. Daryl Lynch. Oh. Daryl Lynch. Okay. Uh, Daryl wrote in regarding your masterclass last week, Nick. I tried this technique today and my iron striking was materially better. Mm-hmm. This Nick bloke might know something. Yeah. Well, Jake Nett did as well. They won uh, on the PGA Tour. Yeah. So up there for thinking, Daryl. Every now and then I have an idea. So every now and then. (laughs) Now, I'll be very interested in your views on this one, guys. We asked this week on socials, if you could change the outcome of one moment in golf history, what would it be? Actually, it was a retweet from the the Nuclear Golf Twitter account. It was very good. And we had a few comments uh, from our listeners. Daniel said... Larry Myers rubbish chip in that should have ended up in the water. Yes. <laughs> the shark should have a green jacket, even though he blew a few good chances. Kick. Pete Brown, Monty's second. Oh, you're going to like this one, Mark. <laughs> Monty's second at sev- the 72nd hole at Wingfoot. Wing mm. Pipes the drive, then it all goes pear shaped. It was in a divot. I'll give him a little bit of an out. It was in a divot. But still, very happy that uh, Jeff Ogilvy won. And. Very happy that uh, the bloke over here finished in the top 10 that week mm. in that US Open. Yeah. Everyone forgets that. Yeah. Not me, Nick. I got to the winning score with nine holes to go. Did you really? I did. You were on the winning score with nine yeah. holes to play. So, so we, what happened? Well, final round, leaders yeah. are around one or two over. I'm yeah. about nine over par going into the final round, running in the 20th, 25th. Yeah. It was the toughest US Open. Toughest. It, it was, was unbelievable. It was a joke. Wilbur says to me, he says, Nick, I think five over is going to win. And I said, yeah, you're about right. And he says, we can do that. I said, Wilbur, we're nine over for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to shoot yeah. four under? As it turned out, through nine holes, I'm four under. I am you're playing. Joking. I am playing lights out. I mean, it's crazy. And I get to five over, but as soon as you get to that mark, I thought, oh, I'm at the mark, and then yeah. I three putted ten to go to six Bugger. over. And uh, anyway, I shot three over on the back. So Wait, uh, how far how far were you away from the hole when you three putted? Uh, I was about forty feet. So it was the par three tenth. But I made a birdie to get that back, and then a couple of bogeys coming, and then I forced it at the end trying to get to you know five over. What so. a star! That's pretty anyway, good. That was good fun. That's yeah. pretty good. Comment from Adam here, who said this is one of his ones that he changed the outcome of if he could. Greg Norman not choking at the Masters any one of those years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which one? The worst was 96. Yeah, the fell that one was. That's true. Yeah. It felt like that one, for a lot of people, it felt like their yeah. team had lost the grand final. Mm. Now, we've got a question from Noel here. Uh, and this is a bit of a long question, so I'll, right. I'll just I'll, I'll skim through some of it. Yesterday, my wife played in a midweek women's monthly medal. On mm. the 10th hole, a par 5, she had a brain fade. And after her seventh shot, she reverted to Stableford format, knocked her ball away from the hole, thinking she was out of shots. Unfortunately, she forgot that it was a stroke event, not Stableford. <laughs> <laughs> that could happen. That could happen. Unclear yeah. of the rules, she then played two balls. One from where she hit her ball to yeah. nearly off the green, the eighth shot, and two putted for a ten. The other was placed where a playing partner had realized her mistake and had quickly placed a tee where her ball was next to the cup, which she tapped in for an eight. After the round, they asked the assistant pro at the club for a ruling before submitting a score. He advised, ball replaced, tapped in was the correct option, but with a one-stroke penalty, recorded a nine. That sounds if, fair. If she made the eight, she would have won the A-grade oh, monthly medal. Oh, no. Is that ruling correct? That's mm. his question. Well, look, common sense tells me it's probably spot on. Common sense tells okay. me, but that's that's me talking. That is you talking. Now you know what we do when we go to uh, any rules that we need to know about. I you went to, to our rules guy, Stuart McPhee. Yeah, 
from the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Right. Thank yep. you very much. Yep. And here's what he said. He said, when the player hit her ball away from the hole, thinking she was going to wipe the hole playing Stableford, that hit is not considered a stroke. Ah. As she had no intent to make that stroke and have it count towards her whole score. He also goes on to say you can get away penalty free with accidentally causing your ball to move on the putting green now as well. However, her hit away from the hole would not be considered accidental movement as she deliberately hit it away. Right. The pro shop has provided the correct ruling. The player has deliberately caused her ball to move. Therefore, the ruling is replace the ball, if not known exactly where, then the best estimate, and add one penalty stroke. So nine is the correct score. So, did she lose in the playoff? Uh, not in the playoff, in a uh, countback. By, by one stroke. <laughs> that's by br- one stroke. <laughs> that's brutal. <laughs> Good on you, Stuart. And, and his golf podcast, what's it called again? Uh, golf Rules Questions. He's a ripper. He, a ripper. he knows his stuff. Yeah, he's good. Very he's impressive. Very good. He's very good. Being global is up, Nick. Okay. <laughs> hey, I don't say it anymore. It's you guys. I know. It's, no, no, it's no, so no. catchy. We're all learning. Are you going to come in and play trumpet one day, by the way? One day. I'd love to see yeah, that. One day. I'd love to I see used it. to play the trumpet when yeah. I was a kid. <laughs> and the piano. So we saw Jake Knapp, former bouncer, turn professional golfer. Hey, by the way, whatever club he was bouncing at, I have no problem just pushing in line <laughs> and going straight through. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. look like much of a tough guy to me. Who knows, yeah. Anyways, the Mexico Open uh, on the PGA Tour. He had a two-shot win over Finland's Sammy Valamaki. As you said, he hit two fairways. Two fairways in the final round, and he still shot level par. Did he have a four-shot lead at the start of the... Four-shot, and got, he, went down to zip. He started bogey, par, bogey, and then after six, it's back yeah. to square. Yeah, I think Valamaki uh, made eagle on the sixth, the drivable par four, so um, incredible. Mm. Uh, we had one Aussie in the field who made the cut, uh, Aaron, Aaron Badley, finished tied for 24th, so well done, Bads. The other thing about Jake Knapp, he never missed a putt inside five mm. feet all week. Mm. That works, yeah, by the way. Absolutely, it works. Imagine doing that, pick it up. Nice. That's what they do at Kingston Heath, right? They just pick it up inside no, five feet. <laughs> no, no gimmies at Kingston no Heath. No gimmies. No good. gimmies at Kingston Heath, no all way. Right, very good. Uh, on the LPGA Tour, they were playing the Honda LPGA Thailand Tournament, where Patty Tavatanakit, the local hero, went... Back-to-back wins. She Did won he? on the LET last year. Good on her. Uh, sorry, last week. Yeah. Um, and she won Allen Home Soil. Her first win since the 2021 Chevron Champ, uh, which was a major. That's a big tournament. Yeah, Huge. it's a big one. Mm. So a great win for Patty. She uh, had to birdie the final hole. Really nice up and down, actually. You'd be interesting to watch that, uh, Mark. Because uh, right. she was into the grain uphill, and she gave it the little chunky mm. stab and run. It was an excellent shot. Okay. Not how I thought she was going to play it. Because Jake Knapp had a little chip on the 17th hole that they were saying was mm. into the grain, and he did something very different. Very different. Well, yep. Patty, she went steep, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. Old now, school. Of the Aussies, uh, Sarah Kemp and Grace Kim finished tied for 31st. Steph Kiriakou tied 41, and Hannah Green tied for 54th. On the DP World Tour, they were playing the... Magical Kenya Open. Greatest name of Great. a tournament ever. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dutchman Darius Van Driel had a three-shot win over Joe Dean and Nacho Elvira. His name's Nacho. Nacho. Nacho oh. Elvira. And Nacho has a brother, Manuel, who finished tied fourth. One shot back, uh, back of Nacho. Nacho and Manuel. Yes. Fantastic. Elvira. Elvira. I'm not sure how you say that. But on the Australasian front, we had New Zealander Sam Jones, the lefty, tied 42nd, and Hayden Barron. 
tied for 64th. On the Asian Tour, massive turnout from the Live players and also a massive turnout by the Aussies, by the way. So many? many Aussies How playing. How many Aussies were playing? Well, 12 Aussies made the cut and quite a few missed. So I reckon oh. they had about 20 Aussies playing. Wow. But Mexico's Carlos Ortiz, who is a uh, fireball on the Live Tour, he uh, shot a final round 65 for a four-shot win over fellow Live player Louis Oosthuizen. Mm. Carlos had seven birdies in nine holes from the sixth hole on to just take the tournament by the scruff of the neck. Who is it? Carlos Ortiz. Oh, let me quickly yeah. look up his current world ranking after a win. I think I've... Carlos. Well, it wasn't updated when How I looked at it. How do you say his last it. name? Ortiz. O-R-T-I-Z. O-R-T-I-Z. Yeah. All right. And I'll just put golf. Continue. Uh, Wacken Neiman finished third. He's another good... Well, got more world ranking points, obviously, because that's why they were there. The International Series in Oman this tournament. Uh, tied for fourth was our own Maverick Antcliffe. A very good result for Maverick. As I said, 12 Aussies made the cut, and the best was Maverick, tied for fourth. Uh, Lucas Herbert and Travis Smythe tied for 10th, and tied 14th was Justin Warren and Kevin Yuan. So well done to all those players. You found mm-hmm. that uh, world ranking yet? Well, it says he's number 1,286, but after a win, surely not. Well, it hasn't been updated yet, I'd yeah, say. I'll, I'll just click on the best performances. I'll be, yeah. See, it hasn't been updated. His last event okay. was International Series Singapore. Well, okay, so it hasn't been updated. It hasn't been updated. It's listed, but they've got him at 1,286. Mm. So what's he going to move to, 500? He should, yeah. Should 400. 500, something like that, top 500. Yeah, okay. yeah that helps right. him. Okay, Okay. on the Ladies European Tour, they're playing the, now I'm not sure I'm going to get this right, Lala Meriem Cup in Morocco. Mate, that is exactly right. Is it? Yep. None of us will okay. know. Yep. Exactly. Exactly right. I figured. Bronte Law came from eight shots back, shooting a nine under 64 for eight a three-shot win. Incredible. She must have been hitting off at 9 a.m. She was flushing it. Uh, of the Australasians, Mamoka Kabori. Kazuma's yep. sister, uh, tied for 42nd. Kirsten Radley tied for 59th. Also in Morocco, they were playing the Champions Tour event, the mm. Trophy Hassan II. Ricardo Gonzalez had a one-shot win over Thomas Bjorn. So well done to Korea. Uh, Ricardo. Again, a massive Aussie presence there uh, amongst the field. Uh, Mark Hensby, another good finish, tied for third. Yeah. Richard Green tied seventh. Yeah. Stuart Appleby tied 11th. And Stephen Allen in his first Champions Tour event tied for 13th. So well, well done, Stevie. Steve. Cousin was Steve. second? I can't remember. Anyway, and then locally, uh, a couple of interesting results. Firstly, we had the WPGA event, the Athena, going on at Peninsula Kingswood. Stop. I've never seen a golf course look better on TV than Peninsula Kingswood. It looked unbelievable. Mm. The best-looking golf course I've ever seen from this country on TV. Really? Continue. Okay. Please continue. I, I will. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice plug there. Uh, Kelsey Bennett defeated Amy Chu in the final to take out the Athena. Cassie Porter, her own pings, Cassie mm. Porter, had, would led after day one, but when they go into the match play, it all changed yes. after that. So well done to Kelsey. That's her first professional win. So big result for her. And also, I just want a bit of a shout-out here on the Legends Tour, since Ooh. we were talking about this earlier. Peter Lonard yeah. shot an 11 under 59 in round yeah. two. Bogey the last. Bogey the last as well. Come he said on, after the first day, he was three over and he wanted to give up the game. Yeah. And then after the second day, he says, all was right with the world again. So uh, if, if what he, a great win. If he birdies the last, he shoots 57. 57, correct. He makes a two on the par well, three. It was only like 130 metre hole too, I yeah. think. So, anyway. Hey, can I give a shout out too, just quickly? 
Uh, to Mamoka Kabori, she just hasn't been the same since now. <laughs> Kazuma's the, the, the favourite amongst the parents. She's going along steadily. She's uh, keeping a card over there on the uh, Ladies European Tour. Well, I hope Mr. and Mrs. Kabori are still calling her and still making an effort to include her in family functions <laughs> and making sure that she feels loved. I think because she'll be okay. ever I, since Kazuma I started think, played well, I think her graph's gone the wrong way. She will be okay. But that was the Ping Global results. And you know what might help Mamoka? Yeah, what's Mark, that? is if she listens to your masterclass. Yes. Well, just before I get to the masterclass, just before I do, um, we want to get James Sutherland on this uh, mm. podcast very, very soon. One of the reasons we want to get him on is because I did notice during the week that the US Open announced where they're having the 2050 US Open. They've gone that far ahead? Yeah. Wow. I don't even know where it is, but I, I, I've forgotten. We've got an Australian Open in November 2024. So what's that? That's 10 months away. Mm. We Nine don't even away. know what state the Australian Open's in. That's true. It might be in Victoria. I think it's due to come back here, but it may not. It might be in New South Wales. Anyway, just watch that space, please, okay. because that's unusual for the number, the biggest event that we have in this country for men and for women, and it still doesn't have a home at the moment. Now, mm. now, we broadcast from Australian Golf Headquarters, so James may well be upstairs and it's on his whiteboard for all we know. So it may well be there. I hope but it is. There has still not been an announcement, which is unusual. Well, he'll know. He's the bloke to go to. So you're organising this, Mark? Yeah. No, I've put in the. It's on the list. Josh Martin. I've called Josh Martin. We're on his radar. Okay. Right. It's going to be a tough interview, Josh, once we get him, mate. So he might want to be uh, hydrated. You're going to line him up? He'll be sweating bullets when he comes in here. <laughs> Now, I'm going to start by saying I am a stupid, stupid man. <laughs> well, we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> because I've been trying to chip like the new, like the youngsters, you know, using the bounce. Mm. I've been trying to do it for a long time. I had you came down to Kingston Heath and gave me a short game lesson trying to help me. Well, you said you wanted to, so I showed you how to do That's it. Right. But I don't do it that way. I know you don't do it that way, but I, I don't have the hands of gold anymore. <laughs> I used to. But I don't have the not anymore. And I'm trying to learn to chip with the bounce. Now, um, I, I'm doing this Titleist University at the moment. And that is because I'm a Titleist ambassador. I just got to know about the clubs. I read that Bob Vokey has designed his wedges so that when you chip and when you pitch using the bounce, you're supposed to use groove two to five. So basically, you want to use groove three and four. That's what you want to do. I had no idea. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm still trying to use the middle of the wedge. And no wonder I'm drop kicking badly and no wonder I'm chunking them regularly. Trying to use the bounce. A player's that good that they can pick out which groove they want to hit. Now, Nick, I know you're from the old school. You want to come forward with me. Come, come to the future. Okay. <laughs> come to the future with me. This is going to be and a great chi- video. And the chipping and the pitching. Now, in my head, I, I watched it, and then not long after, I saw Bob Vokey actually speaking with Billy Horschel, mm-hmm. and I'll put the link out so you can all watch it. And Bob Vokey's right there going, "You've got to use groove two to five. And if you use the bounce with the mindset that you're going to hit the ball low in the club, 
then the shaft can be straight up and down at impact and the ball still come out low and fizzing. But if, you, if you're from the old school and are still trying to search for the middle for the sweet spot, the, the one that you know, is the actual sweet spot, then you're going to be doing what I do, drop kick and chunk. But I haven't been doing that lately because guess what, Nick? I'm in the future. Okay. And I am chipping and pitching with grooves two to five and it, out of nowhere, is now making sense. And I saw Jake Knapp do it. I saw him, all we talked, spoke about on the 17th hole. There was a par five he got up and down from. He's using the new technique and without doubt, He's using groove three and four most of the time because he pitched beautifully. So, what is the technique? The technique is you use you, you set up with the shaft straight up and down. Okay. You're taking it back nice and low. You're coming back into it nice and shallow, which is almost like a putting stroke. Minimal hand action, minimal, almost a putting stroke. And you are trying to hit the ground underneath the ball, but only using groove two to five. Watch what happens because I haven't drop kicked one, and I haven't duffed one, and that last week when I was two over par early, <laughs> my chipping and pitching came to the top, and I got it back to under par, <laughs> thanks to Groove two to five. Beautiful. So it's a mindset. Okay. Are you convinced, Nick? Uh, Come to the future. I, I want to see the video. Come. I want to see the video. Well, hey, Come I, to the future. My chipping. I, I hit the ball out the middle of the club any, all the time anyway, so I don't miss hit my chip shots. Yeah, I know. I'm okay with that. I know. And the only way to do that is to actually lean the club forward because when you lean the club forward, the ball actually gets hit. You hit the ball higher on the face when you do it. Yeah. But I. I Oh, you can hit it higher or lower depending on what you want to do. Come outside. I'll no. give you. I'll give you okay. a lesson, mate. <laughs> yeah, Come outside. I'll give you a lesson. Me and Bob Vokey. Let's play for a bit of uh, something on the side. <laughs> <laughs> the spirit of Bob Vokey will be on my shoulder, and he. Well, he's the guy. Mate, when you think about it, he's the guy who's designing these things, so he ought to know. Yeah. Anyway. He's one of the nicest guys in golf, too. Hey, you're talking about uh, Peninsula Kingswood before. Uh, yeah. We put a photo on socials this week of PK taken by Gary Lisbon. It's an amazing photo. Oh, mate. Mm. Incredible. Uh, it is amazing. The colours and the rich green of the fairways and the brown, really burnt rough and the native trees, it looked unbelievable. It had, a, what was it, the par three? It was in your top five The too. second. Did you see that hole? I did. Beautiful that hole. Is a the left-handers hole too. Is it? Just draw oh, yeah, it up yeah, into there nicely. Yeah. That bonus pod we did with Gary Lisbon a couple of weeks ago was fantastic. Uh, if anyone's listening and hasn't heard that, you need to go back mm. and have a listen to it. It was great. It's always a good chat, Gary. See you next week. See you guys. Cheers. Thanks for being part of Talk Birdie to me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. And if you want to be part of the show, drop us a message or comment on the socials. Or you can send an email or leave a voicemail at talkbirdietome.com.au. Thanks to the great team at Ping. They're the best in the business and they'll help you play your best. And the Golf Clearance Outlet. If you're after top quality at prices you won't beat, check them out. golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.